0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go over to BiltBar.com right now and use our promo code to get 10% off your order. Uh, I just got done doing a podcast with Taylor Blake Ward that will run on the flagship MLB podcast uh, next week where we're going and doing kind of a mutual mock uh, it's Taylor and I are friends, and it's always interesting though because we have very, very different beliefs, drafting structures, everything. Uh, it's kind of fun in the regards of like we shouldn't get along, but we do. Uh, it, maybe it's a great model for the world. We have very different op- uh, opinions, and we find a way to have frank and easy discussions and still respect each other, which uh, I, I think Twitter is, could really use a dose of that at times. But let's let's move on from that. I hope you listened to Thursday's bonus show about Daryl Whitmore, a player I was just fascinated by. And the more I dug, the more interesting things were there. And, uh, you know, he was the Indians' first second round pick of the 90s. Now, if you didn't listen to the show, I brought up some interesting facts. The Indians have had 60 uh, picks in the second round. 21 of those players have made the majors, that is 35%. That all comes from baseball reference. That's where I'm, I'm kind of looking at their data. What is interesting is, in terms of comp picks during that time, they've had nine comp picks uh, for themselves. Uh, None of them really stand out as having turned into anything, so those compensation picks have not been much. Uh, The Daryl Whitmore pick was a compensation pick due to the loss of Pete O'Brien, the catcher. Uh, They had picks six and eight that year. Eight was their own pick. Pat Bryant, a high school outfielder, from Grover Cleveland High School in Reseda, California. He, you might be saw him in Canton Akron, you know, he got up through the minors and he was an okay player, but he never really hit that level that allowed him to, uh, to get a chance in the majors. It is interesting that, you know, he was a relatively high pick and back during this era, high picks didn't always make it uh, to the majors, even if they were okay, but not great. So just expanding on the second round, we already talked about they had that low success rate to really show how bad the second round has been for the Cleveland Indians of those 60 picks five players have a baseball reference B war of six or better. Now, uh, Mike Trout can put up an eight in one year. Uh, now obviously we don't have a Mike Trout, but, uh, even in terms of just players and their production, you know, a league average player is worth two wins. So I'm looking for three years of being league average, three years of league average. And that just hasn't happened. Uh, the five players, if you're curious, uh, in reverse order, John Farrell, Neil Heaton, uh and then okay so it's Sean Casey and Jason Kipnis I believe that is correct order that is it and then Albert Bell Albert Bell uh is almost 40% of the Indians total second round value uh just by himself back in the day when i wrote my all time Indians draft piece on the second round i talked about well maybe Jason Kipnis is going to pass him someday uh, that does not look like that's ever going to come to be at this point as Bell's value is still, it's 40.1 and Kipnes's is, is sitting at 24 without accumulating much the last few years. But let's dive into those 90s picks. That was the whole point of this pod. That's where we're going into. We already talked about 1990. So let's talk about 91. The second round that year, they take Herbert Perry. Herbert Perry is actually their sixth best second round pick of all time. That's right. Herbert Perry is their sixth best all time. Appearing in 241 games. Uh, Most games he ever had in a season was 132 with the uh, Texas Rangers. He was actually pretty productive that year with an 813 OPS. Uh, In 2000, he split time between the White Sox and Tampa and was pretty productive. In Cleveland, in 95 was far and away his best year. Uh, 52 games, 184 plate appearances. He was a solid uh, player for them. Useful, used him in a lot of roles. He hit 315, but then the next year he barely played. He missed all of 97 with injury and was out of Cleveland after that time. But based on, uh, you know, 95 and then some other strong years, I mean, he stuck around through 2004 uh, playing. So almost a 10-year career for Herb Perry. Uh, you can't really knock that as a second-round pick on any level. So that, that's a clear win for them. In 1992, they take Mike Matthews, who was a junior college left-handed pitcher, Uh, I mostly remember him from OOTP uh, leagues, where in 2005 I ended up multiple times adding him because he was death on lefties. Uh, The Indians would trade him away for Jose Almeida in 1999. He would play 30 games in the Indians minors before they released him. Mike Matthews would then be traded by the Red Sox to the St. Louis Cardinals, and he would debut for them. And in 2001, 2002, he was a, a league average left-hand reliever there was value in him he's actually probably closer to the back end but might crack the top 10 Indian second round picks of all time and uh, the Indians essentially gave him away for a guy who didn't even play a full season for them so that's that's less than ideal but uh, you know maybe not again the best second round pick but at least there was some value there at least they had something to show he got to the majors and pitched a lot of games in the majors. You know, one of those guys who appeared in over 100 games. That's that's a net win for the Indians in the second round for sure. Next up is Casey Whitten, who went to the Indians with the 1993 second round pick, 11th in that round, number 53 overall. Uh, it is kind of funny. They don't have a 94 pick. And then in 95, you have Sean Casey, 53rd overall, 23rd pick in the round. So in 93 and 95, we had a Casey Witten and Sean Casey both going at pick 53. Casey Witten was a left-handed pitcher out of Indiana State University. He was able to miss bats both in college and in the minors. Uh, he set a freshman record for strikeouts and wins at Indiana State. He got up into the upper major, upper majors, upper minors with the Indians, uh, but it looks like there was injury issues. I was trying to dig and find this because 93, 94, 95. He's steadily moving up the ladder, and 95 stands out in A. He's 23 years of age, a 331 ERA that year, uh, three walks per nine, 7.2 strikeouts. And then the next year, it's down to, in that year, he had 114 innings. Then in 96, it's 81.1, 97, 16.1, 98, 18.0. And man, I was digging deep to try to find I found an old like Google user group from 1997 uh, talking about such fun things as a Brian Giles and Albi Lopez for Kurt Schilling deal uh, in that one. But it talked about that Martin and maybe had a blood disorder issue that at one point in time that Kansas City had claimed him and that he came back to the Indians. Clearly, there was some injury issue. And that's what ended what looked like at one point in time, a promising career. Um, at, before the 94 season, he was listed amongst the Indians' top 10 prospects. And I do remember Casey, Mar- Casey Witten's name, I should say. I apologize if I've been saying Casey Martin. That's the sh- draft eligible shortstop from Arkansas. But Casey Witten was, uh, I think he would have probably uh, played for the Indians at some point, if not for this injury that really just kind of zapped him after his age 23 year. This is a guy who, uh, until Sean Manea broke the record, was Indiana State's all-time strikeout leader. Uh, 151 innings at age 22, 114 at age 23, and then never again broke 100 innings. Uh, did get bounce around a bit, got claimed by the Royals, got claimed, came back to the Indians. An interesting arm, but when I saw Casey Witten, it just jogged a memory, and I'm like, oh, this was supposed to be one of the guys, and. It, just injuries. You know, the unfortunate issue with pitching, you never know what's going to occur. Uh, 94, they don't have a second round pick 95. You have Sean Casey, who we've talked about in depth. Speaking of top three, let's talk about my top three flavors of built bar our fantastic sponsor for the show. I think I have to change what my favorite built bar is, but let's, let's go in reverse order. So the Sean Casey of built bars, the number three in overall order Of Bilt Bar is the orange chocolate cream for me. I just like the taste of chocolate and orange. It goes together well. 110 calories, 15 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. My number two, the Jason Kipnis of Bilt Bars, as it were, in terms of Indian second round value, that is the toffee almond. That is 160 calories, 18 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar. And the Albert Bao of Bilt Bar in terms of second round picks. And my favorite value is the banana chocolate cream. 110 calories, 15 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. I want remind everyone that they have some really fun additional flavors right now. I'm going to be re-upping soon myself. And you have the limited release with the pineapple upside down with real pineapple. The uh, peanut butter banana with real bananas and peanuts. The coconut pecan pie with coconuts and pecans. And the lemon blueberry with real blueberries. Remember, you're going to go over to builtbar.com. Use that promo code locked on that helps us and it's going to help you because you're going to get a great product builtbar.com promo code locked on so let's dive back into the indian second round in 1996 we have ryan mcdermott a right-handed pitcher out of almordo high school in almordo new mexico to my memory, this is probably wrong, but he's the first New Mexican high schooler I can recall. Now, obviously, I don't have the, the entire draft memorized uh, through the years, but the first one that I can remember in my mind uh, from New Mexico high school ranks. Some interesting facts about Almordo High School in the draft. In 96 and 97, they had players drafted. Uh, Ryan McDermott, far and away the highest. They, In terms of the June draft, the only other guy they had in the top 10 rounds was in 1973 jack spence they have had a total of seven players drafted none making it to the majors in terms of ryan mcdermott he played his in 96 97 98 he never left burlington level uh rookie league in the appalachian league he walked a lot of guys he didn't miss a ton of bats and he was very hittable it's kind of the uh worst combination of traits one can have it just did not work out for mcdermott and I can't just help but look at the fact that he was six foot nine and wonder if the Indians were, you know, that was an era where six foot nine was a huge positive. Like, think of all the the great things they can a pitcher can become instead of what we now realize were guys who are that tall. The mechanics are a mess and control is such an issue and release points are an even bigger issue. Very few of those guys who have that size um, just have the ability to keep their body moving, and repeat that delivery, and I'm sure that was the case here with Ryan McDermott. Sadly, when I was digging for information on Ryan McDermott, I learned that in 2015 he passed away from a stroke at the age of 37, uh, leaving behind an eight-year-old daughter. Uh, it's very terrible to hear about anyone that young passing away. Uh, it also talks about what a phenomenal basketball player he was, an athlete, velocity. You can see why the Indians uh, were intrigued by him, but of course our the, the, it's hard to think about anything with baseball when you hear something like that feels hard to continue on and make it not feel inappropriate but you know the the podcast is here for people to enjoy so let's let's move on to our our next second round pick and that is rob Vale. he was a second round pick in the 1997 draft out of the college of eastern utah he's originally from surrey canada he was a 40th round pick in 94 uh out of north delta british columbia he was at the Expos attempted to draft him that year, and he actually is listed as a pitcher slash center fielder because he did play two games in the outfield uh, towards the end of his career. With the Indians, he moved through the minors. He got the, a small six game uh, tryout in double A, but was mostly low and high A, uh, never pitching more than 100 innings in a year. was a starter and a bullpen guy. a his first year in 97, after being drafted, they put him right in the New York Penn League. He was 21 years of age, and it was a bit of a struggle. Um, and the numbers were always a bit of a struggle. So uh, he's now a volunteer firefighter. I think I saw he's a coach as well. Uh, so it's, it's, it's worked out for him in the end. The next pick, they actually had a second, second round pick in that draft in 97. They, th- because of the loss of Albert in free agency, and that pick was Edgar Cruz out of Vocational High School in uh, Juancos, Puerto Rico. And now Cruz was actually the 67th pick and the 79th pick was Vale. So Cruz actually drafted beforehand because this is back in the day when your comp pick was the, the other team's pick. You got their pick for signing your free agent. And Cruz uh, struggled, to put it lightly. Uh, he came in and in his first year in Burlington, he struggled to hit above the Mendoza line. His second year, he started in lowe and he actually played well in the Sally League uh, with 2753 OPS. Uh, after that, the rest of his career, he would play through 2004. He would struggle to keep that OPS above 600. He would struggle to hit over 200. He was a, a big catcher is what he ended up being uh, originally drafted. I saw as an outfielder but it uh, just did not work out for the Indians and, and Edgar Cruz. Continuing on, in 1998, in the second round, the 63rd pick overall, the Indians drafted Zach Sorenston out of Wichita State University. He was a shortstop at the time. And what I remember most distinctly about Zach Sorenston is for the longest time, he was the only or first or second round pick hitter to make it to the major leagues. Um, other players, like Brad Schneider played with Oakland, Matt McBride with Colorado, uh, Trevor Crowe, who was drafted in 2005, and Michael Aubrey, who we talked about before in 2003, were then the next two players who would make it. But again, you're looking from 1998 to 2003, nothing. Right? That's that's kind of crazy, that your first and second round pick. And the Indians were very hitter heavy in that time. They didn't have anything to show for it. None of those guys were making it to the majors. And Sorenston, as a second-round pick, he has a negative career war. Over two years, he appeared in 48 games. Uh, he was kind of like an emergency guy for the Indians. The numbers in the majors were really ugly, you know, 143 batting average. Again, it's only in 57 plate appearances. It's a very small sample size. But again, at least he got there. That was more than you could say for the lion share of Indians early picks during this time. Uh, It it was a big gap, and Sorensen was able to get to the majors and uh, have some time there, which was more than most of these second-round picks we've talked about had. Our last second-round pick, the 1999 second-round pick, in my mind, is also the most heralded pick. I have this very distinct memory of reading the Beacon Journal, and the Indians did not have a first-rounder in '99. so Will Hartley was their first overall pick, and the Beacon having a huge spread on him, and at the time... Uh, it's the first article i remember reading about a player the indians had drafted and maybe that's why it stuck out so much that i'm sitting there as a in 1999 uh, when this draft occurs that is the end of my junior year beginning of my senior year and i'm reading about the draft for like the first time ever and it just stuck out Uh, what did not stick was was will hartley he played two years in the minors uh, never left burlington 64 total games His first year is 48 games, uh, a 159 batting average, a 355 on base, a 258 slugging. He did walk a lot. And then the next year, it's just 16 games, a 327 batting average, 397 on base percentage, a 365 slugging. And that's it. That's the end of the line in terms of his time with the Indians. So what happened? As you can probably guess, it was injuries. Uh, When They drafted him. He had a sore elbow. And so his struggles as a hitter stood out for that reason, because, you know, he He had a sore elbow to begin with, and that also made it so he was a DH only his entire first year. He couldn't catch at all. He comes back, and then in that second season that we mentioned, tears his labrum, uh, misses most of the next year, tries to rehab, just never comes back the same from it. And I just recall like he was being very much sold in that beacon as like an offensive first catcher. This was he was an interesting offensive profile. He's a switch hitter. Um, The Indians did not have the first rounder that year because they signed Robbie Alomar as a free agent. And Hartley was, like I said, he was the first player I distinctly remember reading up on. So for me, he's always going to be memorable memorable because, A, we're very close to the same age. He was like a year ahead of me in school. Uh, Not that I knew him, but just in general age. And that this is the guy who, oh, they're going to start writing about this in the paper. You know, I, I can't recall reading about any other players the Indians drafted over the years. Uh, going through and finding out even the first round picks, I would be lucky to find something small, but I remember a big piece on this and that's what stood out, uh, at the time that this was something where a big deal was made and it made me kind of intrigued to follow him as a player. And I did remember the injuries and I did remember it was a very short career, even all these years later, because again, you read a piece and makes you follow him. It's like when I'd follow the minor league stats and that's why Bartolo Colon became someone that, uh, I always followed closely and still hope signs somewhere that is the second round there's you know not as much to talk about because there was essentially one player who uh turned into an everyday uh, guy and that was not with the indians and a lot of guys who just kind of struggled to even reach the upper uh, minors at the time for the cleveland indians for whatever reason it is the second round uh, 90s or no 90s just especially bad in the 90s has been just a bane of indians drafts they have not been successful at all on any level uh, in the two, since the nineties, the Indians have drafted six players who made the majors of those six, only four played in more than 11 games. Brian Slocum sitting there at, at even 10, uh, Matt McBride in 92 games, you have 80 games for Stephen Wright. You have seven games for Josh Rodriguez. You had 32 games for, Brian Tallet, no, that's not right, 242 games for Brian Tallet, 32 was, I guess, the number of games he hit in, but uh, Tallet, in spite of those 242, has a negative war, just as a heads up, and then Jason Gipness with over 1,000 games played, and the second highest value of any second-round pick in team history, and just to go through the picks since then, uh, LeVon Washington flamed out pretty quickly, Dylan Howard, probably the worst second-round pick in team history, Mitch Brown, uh, still trying. Grant Hawken could never stay healthy. Juan Hillman, still in the minors, but not really a prospect anymore. Logan Ice, they had other options in place that has not worked out. And then here's our saving grace, okay? Here is where where we're hoping the magic will happen, is Nolan Jones in 2016 and Tyler Freeman in 2017. Now, uh, 2017, they also took Quentin Holmes. That's not looking good at all. But you also have hope for Nick Sandlin in 2018 and... Uh, in 2019, Jordas Valdez, who knows, just he's so far away, uh, anything's a, a guess. But Sandlin, Freeman, and Jones, Sandlin and uh, Jones in particular could help the Indians this year. Freeman could help them in a season uh, or two. But those are three names to keep in mind. Those are the guys where we're hoping we'll see the Indians turn a corner and that all three of those guys will, uh, will move up that list. So it's no longer, uh, you know, Heard Perry is the sixth best second baseman or second, second round pick, I should say, in team history. Thank you for listening this week. I know lots of draft. We'll continue to be lots of draft. That is uh, going to be my main focus up until when it occurs. Thank you for listening, rating, reviewing. That is also important to our show. You are awesome as always. I am Jeff Ellis. Follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. And as always, go Tribe.